Hi, and welcome back to Patrice's Playlist. Today's conversation is with someone who is a child of the 90s. I am such a fan of this girl. I will share too in this conversation of how we actually first met and I was just kind of in awe of seeing her and her element at the time. But it's really important for me to just hear voices from the younger generation and how they are navigating faith, um, how they are navigating relationships and also what their thoughts are regarding purpose and calling and what they see their generation needing. And so it's such a privilege to be able to just sit down and have this conversation. Um, Many of you know I was a youth pastor for about eight years, but I've been involved in youth ministry, honestly, for probably 10, 15 plus years. It's just been one of those things that I absolutely love um, from junior hires, high schoolers, and college-age students. That's just been a natural sort of thing that's flowed from me throughout my entire life and just connecting and listening and building bridges and giving back. And I just feel like there's been so many voices in my life that have done it for me. And I know that um, some don't have that same privilege. And so it's just been such a delight to get to know Antrice Nelson. She also works with me a lot backstage um, when I'm doing shows, whether I'm production managing, whether I'm dressing room managing. She has become um, a vital, vital team player um, for me and also for those uh, that work with me as well. So I'm excited for you to get to know her a little bit. And she shares some kind of some profound, uh, deep wisdom nuggets, as you guys know, that I like to call them (laughs) wisdom nuggets. And so again, the song playing that you heard in the intro is by my good friend, Tanya Eliashova, and it's her track called Home featuring Yvonne Park. I would highly recommend you find her on iTunes, find this whole EP. Um, it's a collection of a few songs and they are just brilliant. So now uh, enjoy my conversation with Antrice Nelson. My name is Antrice Nelson. I am... 24 years old. I am a child of God. Yes. I'm passionate about a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a good start. I think, okay. you know, I, of course, I'm going to tell the story to everyone. <laughs> this is how we first met. She doesn't want to even say, like, I am a spoken word artist. I'm an actress. I am all the things, artiste and more. Okay, so like, was it like three years ago, four years ago, five years? I can't remember now. Probably like three Three years years ago, ago, 2017, I would say. Yeah, I think that's right. So um, depending on when you're listening to this uh, podcast or watching this, um, it could be several years from now or what have you. But from the date that we're doing this conversation, it was about three years ago where I went to a Christmas, uh, I was going to say a Christmas program. Yeah, it was like a Christmas service. A Christmas service. I was like a Christmas program. (laughs) Children's did. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I went to this uh, Christmas service, and they were doing this incredible, um, like, creative take on Christmas, like the Christmas theme, and um, and and other things surrounding the Christmas season, but. All to say there was a portion of this Christmas service that was spoken word. And I was like, and this was, 
I don't feel like that was necessarily a normal thing for our particular church uh, at that time. I mean, it was just so, and it was such a breath of fresh air. I was like, oh, hey, what's going on? (laughs) But what made it even, there were two individuals that I remember doing spoken word and one of them was on trees and she just had such, she's so tiny and like, (laughs) and so in certain ways, and I mean this as a compliment, like not as a, like a diss, but she's like unassuming in certain ways. Like she would just like, oh, she's like kind of low key and chill. But when she gets on stage, when I see, like, she's got such a command and um, just a presence about her when she's on stage. And when she was delivering the spoken word piece, it was so good. So much so that I fangirled totally. Like, afterwards, I was like, I just need to, I do this, you know, often for those that know me. Um, But, like, if I see something or someone doing something amazing, I just want to tell them, like, I just want to say thank you. Like, thank you for sharing your gift. And, uh, I went up, I found her. Like, I was like, like, where can I go get her autograph? Uh, (laughs) And and so I find her and like other people are trying to talk to her too. Cause she's like, (laughs) it's a girl at this church. I didn't know. I was just like, Oh my gosh, you were so amazing. And she was so sweet. Like she shook my hand and I just said, I asked, I think I asked your name. I can't remember, but I totally went up to her and was like, you are incredible and amazing. Um, and then like that, that was like, that was it. I was just like, Oh, and I don't feel like I ever saw her again. I would go on to visit that church several times and I'm now part of that church. Um, but I never really saw, I don't feel like I ever really saw her until <laughs> three years later, three years later, a friend, a mutual friend of ours at the church was like, you guys should connect because of like your love of entertainment things, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, sure. Yeah. I'm down always to like meet new people, whatever. And when I meet her, I'm just like, Oh yeah, we met. And Andres is like, oh, we did. We met. Oh, yeah, no, that was two years later. Two years later, because we met like 2019. Because I've been working for you for like a year now. That's right. That's right. And so she forgot about me, y'all. She's so big time money that she's not <laughs> forgot about me, and she didn't even realize that she'd already met me. This. You know, I have that forgettable face, so whatever. <laughs> that's totally fine. But which leads me into uh, what we were about to talk about, I think, earlier, like some of the things that you're passionate about and like how did you even get into those things like spoken word and acting? Like, is that in your family? What, like, are you, what's your background? Like, how, like, what are you passionate about? And then how'd you get into those things? So um, I am passionate about like how... I think like the gospel is perceived. I feel like um, people have like a negative perception about like what um, Christianity is because of like the hypocritical and like judgment people and stuff like that. So I'm passionate about like just um, presenting the gospel in like a non-judgmental way of how like I feel like uh, Jesus would portray it when he was walking the earth. Um, I am passionate about um, African-Americans and just like justice and equality and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm passionate about the youth and uh, the youth. Who's the youth? How old are you? The, youth. <laughs> the, the youngins. Um, I am 24. I would consider. I don't. I don't know. Like millennials and Gen Z. I guess would be like the young people. What are their age? Uh, what is the ages technically? What are oh my! There's been so many. There's been so <laughs> many. Like when you look it up online, it there it's everywhere. Like um, some people want to cut it off 
like before me and I'm like, there's no way I'm a Gen Z or like, not at all. Don't ever. But, um, so I have seen articles that say like the cutoff is like 97. I was born in 96, but some would say like 95. It, it, it's everywhere. So I personally think like, if you think about the term millennial, it's, um, a thousand years. And I think it's like the generation that was born on the cusp of the thousand years, like the 2000s and the nineties. That's how I look at it. Also, I just feel like there's like a, um, kind of like a vibe behind millennials to where like, I don't know, like just the shows and the music and things that we grew up on. Like we grew up on like the same things and stuff like that. So grow up on what is, what are you guys talking about? Um, so we grew up on like Rugrats, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of like, cause there's some, well, I watch like the nineties are back on Nickelodeon and like, there'll be shows that I like completely forgot about. And then like, it'll just jog my memory. Like, why is this a memory <laughs> in my head? Like I don't, but yeah, like Rocket Powers, uh, Proud Family, Lizzie McGuire. Those were like the newer. Oh like, yeah. 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 Old. yeah. So yeah, just. On things like that. Um, so that's a millennial. Like, those are millennials that know that. Well, and honestly, the, eight, the late 80s, too. People say the late 80s and, like, okay. mid-80s. Okay. Late 80s, mid-80s. And then yeah, um, that's all the way. All the way. Yeah, all the way. I would say all the way down to 99. But that's some right. people okay. don't give. People don't give, like, the 90s. And then some 2000 kids want to jump on board, too, because they're like, no, we don't want to be associated with Gen Z. So, yeah. Oh. It's like, there's, there, if you look it up online, I think. Pew Research uh, said 97 was the cutoff. So if you look it up online, okay. there's so many different... Like, I know. I get there's confused. so many different... Yeah, nobody nobody really knows. So, um, But I got into um, spoken words, which is... Um, I was taking a semester at ABC. I did one semester and then dipped. <laughs> well, local community college, for those that don't know. Our, uh, yeah, our college here in town. Yes. Yeah, Ellis Valley College. And... Um, um, the one of my English professors was like, I think he told us to like write a poem on something. And I, I'm trying to think of what that poem was about. I really don't even remember what that poem was on. But um, he was like, this is really good. He was like, you remind me of this one girl. And he told me to look her up on YouTube. I don't remember if I looked her up on YouTube. Or not. Actually, I think <laughs> I did. I did. I did look her up. And um, I was like, okay. So I think after that, I started like showing my mom, like some of the things that I had written. And I'm like, I don't feel like this is like stifling my creativity at all with like rhyming. Cause sometimes when you rhyme, you can't say everything you need to say. So I was like, I'm still able to say everything I need to say and um, still like put it into like a rhyming type thing. My dad actually uh, wrote poetry too. I would like, Oh, yeah, poems in the file cabinet of things that he wrote. But um, I remember the first uh, spoken word that I wrote that actually, like, stuck. Honestly, it was, like, the first fo- spoken word that I wrote um, besides the poem that I wrote for that class. It was um, um, the one about uh, – I'm trying to think. Basically, oh, it was about sexualizing the youth. Mm-hmm. And I gave that one um, – I gave that one to the uh, – spoke that to the youth and then to um, a young girls event out here in Lancaster. Um, I'm trying to think of what the event is called. I did that one, I think in like 2016, but that was the first time I ever did a spoken word um, in front, like in front of people and stuff like that. And um, yeah, one of the youth pastors um, recorded it and put it on YouTube too. So it's under sexualizing youth. So. Yeah. Wow. So basically you got started in spoken word 
I mean, like after high school, basically. Yeah. Pretty. Well, uh, I was, I was a couple of years out of high school before I actually enrolled at the college um, for that semester. So I think actually, no. Yeah. Cause I, I graduated 2014 and I want to say I made that in 2015 or 16. So yeah, it was, it was pretty much right after high school. Wow. Wow. You're a natural. Natural. <laughs> so did you do any acting or anything like that prior or what? No, no. Um, didn't, I didn't do any acting. There were things cause we lived in Oklahoma city. So there were like little like things on the radio that it's like, come and audition for this and stuff yeah. like that. And when I moved out here, um, back out here when I was 18, I auditioned for this, um, AMTC thing, acting, modeling and talent for Christ. And, um, I got through, they, um, they let me get through and basically they take you on a trip to Florida and let you like get on stage in front of different, um, different like television companies. Like, wow. uh, yeah. So I did singing and acting. I, I signed up for that. Wow. And, um, I ended up not going through with it. I just felt like God was like telling me like, nah, <gasps> not, not it. You That's did not- it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, me and my sister auditioned and then they let us start. They let me through through the next round. And then, um, they were like, you guys made it through. We're going to train you guys in LA with like some actors and stuff like that. But I ended up not doing it. Cause I just felt like a pullback. So it's like, well, oh, not now it's not the time. So yeah. Auditioning and stuff. That's just not the door God wants me to go through. <laughs> so yeah. Wow. So are you doing any classes or are you interested in doing any classes? I am. To- well, I'm, I'm totally interested in doing classes. Cause I feel like, you definitely need to start somewhere. I just, yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't taken any classes or anything like that. I took like theater in high school, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I am not currently. Cool. So yeah, that spoken word though, that's my first introduction to you. And um, I think that's one of your strengths um, for sure. So I'm excited to see what you'll be doing with that in the future and how that'll kind of continue to, to grow and expand and transform. Um, well, we'll talk more about like some of the things that you might feel like you're dreaming up or what God's got for you in the future. We'll talk about that a little bit later on, but, um, I want to talk about kind of your faith journey. Um, because like on this podcast, like the things that are important to me obviously are like Jesus relationships and calling, um, I mean, if you could just kind of sum up <laughs> this conversation, like we just get down to the nitty gritty and I've, I've been loving hearing people's faith journey. Like number one, how they even, you know, got to know Jesus. And I almost feel like it's like a two part thing. You know, sometimes like they either they've heard about Christianity, they've heard about Jesus, um, even if they grew up in a Christian home. Um, so they had some sort of um, uh, exposure to it, but then, then there was like a, a real come to Jesus moment where it was just like, they could not deny there was something beyond them and it's real. And so I feel like there's, there's that, that interesting, like two part sometimes in people's story. What's your story? Like, how did you get to know Jesus? What's your, uh, your journey? Yes. So, um, I, I kind of, my, I don't know how to explain it. Cause I feel like we grew up in the church, but my parents would like, leave church a lot too. So it would be like a back and forth. So I did, I got to experience like life on both, I guess, like in both worlds of like Christian being Christian and stuff like that. And then not, and then going back to it. So, uh-huh. um, 
I think that I just really like looked at how life, like my parents were living and stuff like that. And I think I just clung more to like, obviously the Jesus side, because I saw just how things were being, how things were running more smoothly and in, in order when we were in church and things like that. So, um, I remember like probably around sixth grade, just like kind of feeling a pull towards God, but I didn't actually um, get saved until I was 14 and going into high school. And I just felt like I was like making that decision because I was like, I feel like in high school, you kind of choose what path you're going to go down. Mm -hmm. So I got saved um, right before I got into high school. And I just, I don't know. I just felt like a really strong pull towards God and God was just, immediately like doing things in my life like right after I got saved um I remember like interpreting like people's dreams and stuff like that and God was just moving like very like um my uh yeah so and my dad was always like super encouraging so was my mom of just me like pursuing God and pursuing Jesus and yeah um so when you say like when you say that you got saved like what was it did like lightning strike you did you just say a prayer like For someone who doesn't know that language, like, what does that mean? So mine was, it was weird. So my friend had a Bible and uh, it was like a Bible geared towards like 13 year old girls. So our 13, 14. And I really liked the Bible. There was like interview questions at like the end of each section and stuff like that. So like, it kind of, it kind of just like struck me. Like I was reading it and then like, I noticed like I was up to like three o'clock in the in the morning, just reading the Bible. And my dad would come in and he's like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I feel like God just really gripped me in that time. And I was just reading and like, just like growing closer to God. And then I, um, went to church and got filled with the Holy spirit. I'm trying to not use like super Christian terms. You know, you can, you can use whatever. (laughs) I just, I just like, I like, I love it when people break it down because it's like, you know, in my experience in, um, pastoring teenagers who, you know, that have no grid of church that are, that have no experience like with Jesus. It was such a great weekly, daily, you know, exercise for me to actually unpack, like, what does it mean when we say this? What are we experiencing when we say this and, and really making it um, understandable, you know? So it's like, we can totally use churchy words, but then it's like, uh, so we say saved and I'd say, that's when we encountered a real God and a real relationship with Jesus Christ, his son. And that trans started to transform our lives. Like we are, you know, we use that term in church saved because we're actually rescued from the path that we were on before, which is not leading to life. It's leading to death. We were rescued. So we use that, that phrase saved, you know, it's actually true. We were saved um, and also brought into something. And so Sometimes that's like, um, I've hold, I've, you know, you and I have probably heard so many different testimonies and stories of how people, you know, come to know Jesus and are saved or rescued or give their lives over or finally or, uh, have a personal relationship with the Lord, even though they've been in church for 30 years, they never knew, you know, God, uh, you know, personally. But yeah, like some people have like a literally they feel as if Jesus has come into the room and, you know, is taking them by the hand and, you know, and they have a supernatural encounter and others, you know, it's, it's over a a gradual, you know, like they just started, you know, hungering for like, let me read the Bible. Let me figure out stuff for myself. And it just, 
you know, and others, there's a demarcation of like, I prayed this prayer and I get, and I said, you know, I can't do this anymore. So God, if you're there, if you're real, I'm going to give my life to you. You Like all of those are like, you know, different instances of being saved. And so for you, it sounds like though, like, did you end up praying a prayer with your parents? Did you like, or you just, you were drawn to God? I felt like I was just drawn to God. Um, I had already been baptized in my church when I was younger. So I did try. I was like, can I get baptized? And they're like, you already been baptized. So <laughs> they just, the the ladies that like take you in the back and like pray for you, they just prayed for me. And I was like filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we could, that's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> People are like, for real? Speaking in tongues. What is speaking in tongues? And we'll just, for now, we'll just put a pin in that and we'll just say spiritual language. And no, we're not biting the heads of snakes and like <laughs> holding snakes or, unless you want to. Just get it. Just get it. I'm just playing. Because somebody's about to. I'm like, let me go and try that. <laughs> Okay. Wisdom is also, you know, what we decide. (laughs) So I think it's, it's really cool when you, gosh, you were so young and you had like such a hunger for the word of God, like for the Bible, which I feel like I'm going to, this probably maybe sounds inappropriate, like to say this, but like, that doesn't seem like the sexiest thing to the younger generation, Yeah, you know, or even to the older generation of like, the Bible, because as soon as you say that, like people are like ready to protest or ready to like, and for you, that was actually life giving. Like that was the thing that actually led you to knowing God, which I think is profound. I mean, you're 24, you've had this journey with the Lord now for about 10 years, like where you've like really not looked back. I mean, there's ups and downs, hills and valleys and all that. But I mean, Wow. Like it was really the Bible. What would you say to someone like who is around your age or younger? If they think that the Bible is like outdated, it's not relevant. It's, it has, it, you know, it's a historical book with really like no impact. Like, what would you say to that? I I would say, give it a chance, read it and like, watch it just transform your life. Like, I think that it still speaks today. Um, And like, once you start to read it and actually live by it, you'll see that it's still God's living word and that it still works today like it did in the past. So, okay, okay. Which uh, I'm just going to take a left turn or whatever, but um, are you single? Yes, I am. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) What what attributes uh, are you looking for uh, in a... And a mate and a partner. <laughs> a child of God. <laughs> yeah. Boy. No, it's so funny that you asked that because I just watched uh, Pastor Todd's, Michael Todd's um, relationship goals and he's on the second one and it's like, rip up your list. Yeah. Up. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and honestly, I don't think that I like ever had a list. Like, I feel like I'm always just like, God, do what you want to do. Like, you're going to do it. You're so sweet. I had a list and I ripped it up. (laughs) And then I just made another one, I think, last year. So, yeah, whatever. Make it with Jesus. Make make the list. Yeah, yeah, no, always. Yeah, so, um, um, I don't know, because I feel like, I don't don't know if I look for, like, certain, like, attributes, or even if I, like, have a type. Like if I find somebody attractive and they're attractive, I don't think I go for a specific like 
mm-hmm. person or type of person. You're an equal oh, opportunity. Employee. Yes, equal opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> we do not discriminate here. No. And yeah, yeah. So all the, like intellect, you have to be smart. You have to be able to hold like a conversation and like not just surface level conversations, but deep conversations too. Yeah. You can't be closed minded. So uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Anything else that you're looking for in case somebody's listening and they think that's them? <laughs> I mean, listen. Because <laughs> I think it's important, you know, um, we're, we're going to talk some more about uh, Pastor Mike Todd in a second because he's on fire right now. And for those that don't know, um, we will share a little bit about him and we'll, and I'll leave some links to where you can find uh, this series and, and, uh, his church's website and stuff because yeah, he's, yeah, he's a real one. Um, but I think like it is important to, to know, like, you know, what, what are some of your non-negotiables, you know, um, besides like for you. And I think this is important just to even state for your generation, like you're looking for a man, um, or are you, do you want like, (laughs) (laughs) okay. I want to listen your face I'm dead listen you know you gotta state now yes a man um <laughs> okay in case some people were listening they were like she cute though I'm like listen now mm, okay okay and and yeah. what are some other non-negotiables for you? Oh, non-negotiables. So, like, yeah, like, if you don't have a relationship with God, like, you can't just be like, oh, yeah, I know Jesus, but you don't really, you know, you ain't vibing with him. Like, you got to vibe with the Lord. What is vibing <laughs> with him? What does that even mean? What does that I, mean? It's not like a sincere, real relationship with God. It's not like, I go to church sometimes, like, do you read the Bible? You know, pray. Like, just a relationship with the God that, like, it looks like you're like going for um I think like it's important to have like goals and aspirations and like to be kind of like a go-getter so like I guess a non-negotiable would be like like somebody who's just like is not driven or like no like no drive someone who doesn't have ambition no ambition yeah so um you need to be working on a plan Mr. Man who's listening to this podcast you guys can go and check out Andres' Instagram or her Facebook or wherever or her TikTok. Well, you use you use mine as a TikTok. I don't know if you have your own separate anymore. But anyway, um, you can see that she's beautiful. Oh, thank um, you. But she is, she's got the goods um, as well. So okay, <laughs> we, just, we just put that out there. So let's talk about uh, Pastor Mike Todd, though. And <laughs> what are some of your uh, takeaways that you've been getting? I'm going to share some of mine um, that I've been getting from him recently. But what are some of the takeaways you've been getting? I know he's, while in this season that we're doing this podcast, he's had the series, like, Who's the Minister here? He's actually in Relationship Goals now. Yeah, so, but he finished that one recently, and now he's in Relationship Goals. And he also launched the book Relationship Goals around this time. Um, But I'd like to know, like, let's go, let's back up a little bit, and let's talk about Who's the Minister here. And what were some of your takeaways that you got from, from that series? Like, one or two. Just one or two takeaways. Yeah. um, Something that I took away from that is that like, you don't have to be like a pastor. You don't have to be like on a stand, like a godly stand to be a minister, to be like sharing the word of God with people. And like, literally you can be in any field and just um, be about Jesus and like set an example. And sometimes you don't even have to speak to set that example. It's just the way you Mm -hmm. live and stuff like that. So 
that was one of the like biggest takeaways that I got from that. That's good. I think it's also really timely because, you know, since, you know, during the recording of this, we're still not able to gather in our churches um, and do things um, with a large group of people, which is very foundational in many ways to our faith is just connecting with people. Um, And sometimes we're, but sometimes we can get used to just looking to one pastor or one whoever to just be the spokesman for spreading the gospel or sharing with someone. But, and it's like, no, actually you, you know, Jesus personally, you are a child of God. You can actually open your mouth and share about the goodness of God as well. And so I think that's really profound. Um, I was watching the release of relationship goals, the book, they did this really cute, like hour, hour and a half, like book release on um, Daystar, one of the Christian channels. And they basically took over. It's like, it's, you can still, I don't know by the time you listen or hear or see or whatever this podcast, if you can still go to Daystar, they're on demand, like they're streaming like online or whatever and see it because um, he ended up interviewing other couples, like other famous couples, like uh, it was like Kirk Franklin and his wife. It was Carl Lentz. Am I saying his last name right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Carl Lentz, uh, Hillsong in New York City. Him and his wife, um, Devon and Megan Franklin. Good. Oh, good. I know, well, I know. In, in <laughs> I was like, oh, she's. It was now uh, his last name too, as well. I don't know if that was just for the. Show. I don't know. Anyway, but it was all these different um, couples were part of this um, release, and they were just getting really good wisdom, and they were sharing some. Um, uh, Mike was sharing some snippets of the book as well, which is birthed from the series. And for those that don't know. Um, I think about two or three years ago, his original relationship goal series went viral and that basically put him and his church um, on the map in a fresh way. But when you hear the backstory of kind of like what God's been doing on the back, like behind the scenes for, you know, years and years. And even with um, Mike Todd's family, you know, his mom and dad being pastors, um, but like, and how he got the new, it, it's, it's phenomenal. Like it's worth like Googling, YouTubing like the backstory, because again, you guys have heard me say this before. There's no such thing as an overnight success. And I believe that like, even in God's economy, as we quote unquote, say the kingdom of God, like in the kingdom, um, you know, if you look at somebody who's gotten, gotten a promise, it usually takes 10, 20, 30, you know, years before you see the, you know, so if God's told you something now it's like, hold on to that, but you're going to most likely go through seasons where you have to wrestle that out. But one of the takeaways that I actually got, um, which didn't necessarily fully pertain to relationships, but did, I felt like in a certain way where someone was asking him, like, you know, so Mike, how did you get all this success? Um, or like, you know, what, you know, because most people want to kind of duplicate the steps of like, how do we grow a church and how do blah, blah, blah. And he, his simple answer was just like, I'm just trying to obey God. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> literally, I mean, I think the two things right now that I'm just like tripping off of in the word is like, believe God, obey God, believe God, obey God. And it's not from this like legalistic, you know, you know, a hammer stance or whatever. It's because God is the one who loves you the most out of anyone in the entire universe. He's got your best interest in mind. So believe that that's going to shift everything in your mind and then just obey when he tells you to move or not move. 
And sometimes we do miss it. You know, some people were like, do I eat an apple today or do I not? Or do I like, you know, and you can get sort of, ah, you know, you can't make a move. But I think go back to the first that, you know, there's grace. God loves you. Just believe that he's for you. And when you do mess up and he knows that you are because you're human, like he's still going to catch you. But my main thing was like, when God is telling me, like, especially with someone I might have a crush on, you know, and I'm just like, ooh, can I pursue this? Or like, what should I do? And, and I'll just feel like a little whisper of like, nah, girl. <laughs> that ain't it. <laughs> it just hurts my little feelings every time. You would think I'd get used to it over like these 20 years or whatever. It hurts my heart every time. Just like, but, but. <laughs> And the Lord knows, like, for me, like, I just get caught up in, like, manipulation and trying to, like, make things happen and et cetera, et cetera. Um, And it just, it really forces me to really trust God. Go back to number one, believe God. Like, believe he's for you. And then just obey what he says because he loves you. (laughs) Um, What are some takeaways that you've been getting from this relationship goals? Uh, Reloaded. Yeah, Yeah, reloaded. Um, So the first the first one was just like, read your manual. And obviously the manual would be like the Bible. Um, I don't know. I just feel like when you put God first, when you're actually reading God's word, everything just kind of falls into place. Mm -hmm. And um, the first, like I said, I took notes on the first one. I don't think I took notes on the second one because I was watching it on my phone. So I couldn't take notes, but um, the second one was about like ripping up your list and just like not because he was saying how people get let down because they had expectations and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, sure. Marry with kids and da 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 and all sure. by this this time and it's like when it doesn't happen then you're you get let down so don't really have any expectations and yeah so I've just been trying to um like just put it in God's hands and like whatever you want whenever you want it. Like, just let it be done. So, mm, That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, okay, so what do you think, you know, we talked a little bit about relationships, um, but what do you think your generation is hungry for in this hour, in this era? In I this think decade? that's a good one. Let me let me go get my book ready. <laughs> 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 I'm sure I wrote something about this. No, I think that our relation, our our generation is just striving for sincere connection, like real human connection. And I think we don't know how to do it. Like what? Like just based off of culture and things like that, what society tells us and how society tells us to connect. We want real connection. We want to connect with people. Mm. And I think that like the definition of our, the way that culture tells us to is not the right way. So that I feel like that's why we are starving for it. Like just connection and, and to feel something, honestly, just to like feel, mm. um, I, I was watching Euphoria and I was like, I was like, I'm going to write like something about like this generation on based off of just based off of that show. Mm. And honestly, all I got was like this generation just wants to feel something. And um, there was this, uh, oh, I can't remember what the theory was called, but my aunt was telling me about it. And um, basically I think it was like these people trapped in a cave. I, it, there's a name for this theory and the person who, 
wrote it was like a, a pretty well-known philosopher. I'm trying to think of, was it Plato? I'm not sure. So the theory is like these people are in a cave and they want to go out and um, because they want to basically feel something. And every time they go out, they get like scorched by the sun, but they don't really care because it's like, oh, I'm feeling something. And they don't realize that what they're feeling is actually hurting them. And I mm. felt like euphoria was such a, or the show euphoria was such a good um, like analogy for that because it's wow. just, that we're trying to live in the moment and it doesn't matter what it is. We're just trying to like fill that void with something rather that be drugs, alcohol, sex or whatever. So we're trying to feel something, not realizing that it's scorching us and that it's actually hurting us. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's deep. That's deep. That show, I couldn't get through like a full episode of that show <laughs> because it's so hard to watch. Um, Dude. It's, I mean, it's painful, but I think it, it does speak to the heart's cry of this generation. That's why it was so popular. I think that's why, I mean, besides um, Zendaya, did I, did I say her name right? Yeah. Zendaya. Yeah. <laughs> I should. I always say like Zendaya. Like I get weird. <laughs> Zendaya. Zendaya, who is beautiful and gorgeous, um, who is in your generation, like your generation, right? Um, the star of your generation. And so, but like, the themes of that show, which are just like heartbreaking. It just is hard. I was like there. I just had to tap out. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. And my little eye gates are like pretty sensitive. And so I was just, but it was, an, I got a taste enough to just be like, there's an attraction to this because there's a hunger for this. Mm-hmm. And I, I think even like the cover of what it is, it's like, is like symbolic because she's like crying, like a tear is coming from her eye, but mm. it's glittery and it's like her feeling something, but it's causing pain, but it's like pretty. It's like everything that glitters isn't gold, like type of aspect of it. So I was like, oh, oh even the cover, I feel like is symbolic. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. whoever designed that. <laughs> we- I don't know if that's what they, I don't know if that's what they, yeah, because I, I started like looking up like, what does euphoria mean? And it's just extensive, like, and it, uh, 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 basically like just the high emotion of like being feeling like a high or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Break it down to like what, what it means and things like that. So. See, I mean, you're talking my language though right now because we, we were talking just before this about relationships. Right. And we're <laughs> specifically like, yes, romantic relationships, but also relating to people, you know, relationships too, because I feel like, Relationship goals, even though the um, the main sort of cornerstone of that series is romantic relationships, especially whether you're married, single, uh, divorced, what have you, but you're you're having a romantic relationship sort of in mind. But there's that that preface where he's like, you know, this could also help with business relationships and friendships and the way that we connect and relate to people. And I've had these conversations before. Um, where I feel like even my generation, which I'm older than you are, um, because of the, the, the introduction of technology, like we came in with like the internet, like, you know, I remember the day that there wasn't internet. And then I remember the day that there was, (laughs) and, and now my generation has become so accustomed to communicating through that medium that we've now lost our ability to really authentically connect to like what I love about my mom's generation. So now we're talking, you know, 20, almost 30 years you know, older than me is that they, 
she still to this day has friends that just come to the house and just will sit with her and watch like a random game show or whatever. They just come for, you know, they call in, they come for a visit, you know, and yeah. some of that might be just like cultural, you know, cause we're, you know, black people, we do this, we visit people sometimes. <laughs> um, but I see it more, much more in the older generation versus, you know, those of us were on our phone or we're just connecting virtually and we are starting to more and more feel the lack, even though now, you know, we all have to like shelter in place. Um, but people, I mean, the suicide rate has gone up. Domestic violence has gone up all because we don't know how to properly steward our emotions and connect with human beings who we were, you know, the Lord made us to connect with other human beings. And so the fact that you're saying like, that's something that your generation is hungering for. What do you think is like a remedy for that? Like, what do you think is? Um, Well, one, I feel like we have to turn away from what, society and how society has told us like what they've told us and how we're supposed to connect. I actually um, wrote a spoken word on this. It's funny. Social media isn't social at all. How are hey. you so when you're too afraid to call? But, um, <laughs> oh, why are you trying to get out of my business? Stop. <gasps> we need this. One of my friends was like, I feel attacked. I know, exactly. <laughs> well, listen. But yeah, I think it's so ironic that it's called social media when it's actually pushing us away from people. And like, we feel like we're connecting, but I don't think that we realize, like on a higher level, like we're not really connecting and we feel that, that we feel the distance. And I think honestly, it's just about like putting your phone down and like listening to people and like connecting with people and like making mm. eye contact and just like having real conversation about how you're feeling, about how the other person is feeling and just actually connecting like yeah so I feel like I feel like because you said that your generation is like in this gear also and I know millennials are too but I feel like millennials are almost like the connection between like because your generation knows how to connect without yeah. social media I yeah. feel like at the beginning we knew how to too until the social media era like came over and just like took over because I was in middle school when social media became like a thing. And then high, when high school hit, it was like on our phones all the time. But like before that it was like desktop MySpace. Like, you know, like we were, no, we weren't on it all the time. Shout out to MySpace. Shout out to MySpace. You could customize your page. and That's right. Top top 10 friends or top Top five friends, whatever. Yeah. Top 10, top five. So mean. But yeah, so I feel like my generation knows still how to connect and I feel like we're kind of that bridge and that gap for Gen Z because they kind of just were brought up on it completely. And um, I think, I think, like I said, I, my generation knows how to connect with people, but it's just about like putting down our phones, putting down like the lies of social media and just like the expectations that social me- mm-hmm. media places on us and just really like connecting with people. So. How do you connect with people like in your real life? Like how do you find like, the best way to connect with people talking honestly um i'm talking yeah we just talk no (laughs) no uh one of my friends victoria yeah she comes over like literally once a week and there's always like just this random time it like it's never like prompt like nothing prompts it it's not like okay we're gonna do this but we'll either be watching tv and we'll just completely 
disregard the television and just go it off into like a whole conversation about whatever. And we'll be talking for like hours. And um, Anna usually is in the conversation too. And we'll just be talking about just everything. One time um, we stayed up to like two o'clock and we were just talking. It got mm-hmm. really, it, we started talking about like real spirituality and stuff like that. And we ended up praying at the end of it. And it was just like, I felt like a God moment. Cause like, we were just like, just really getting deep and stuff like that about just like life and things and like the spiritual realm of things and how deep things actually go. So um, that's one way. Um, um, and when it's like a larger group of people will like go out to eat, but I feel like my friends are really good at just communicating and communicating like their feelings and things like that without any phones or anything like that, just talking yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's good. Like you said something in there where Victoria just kind of, she pops in once a week or whatever. And it's, it's, it's not like a, a forced thing. You know, you guys are just kind of, you're just chilling. Like you're just stopping by the house. She's just stopping by, maybe, you know, have a movie on or it can be as simple as that. And then, because I think in the end we realize we just love people's presence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think you know, what's being really missed, you know, in this season as we're having to, you know, shelter in place is you're realizing, you know, even for people that just love sports, being in an arena with, you know, people that are like-minded, you know, appreciate the sport, the presence of that person to the right and to the left of you does something for your soul um, and chemically, you know, for you as well. And yeah, I just, I find like you just kind of gave a key for someone who is kind of stuck and doesn't know like, how do I do connection? How do I do friendship? And maybe I haven't found like the right church yet where, you know, they're nailing community. And, but I would say, you know, there's something that was said in season one uh, by my friend, Bethany, you know, it's like, don't wait for someone to call you, you know, it's hard. It's super hard. But like in Proverbs, it says basically, this is my paraphrase. Like if you want to have a friend, go out and be a friend. Yeah. And I feel like all of my best and most rich in terms of like deep friendships, um, not all of them, but a majority of them came because I took the first move. Mm-hmm. And, but I think that's, that's the heart of God. He's like, I've already moved towards you first. Like if this is not like a one up, like who's going to be, you know, I don't know. Like, cause sometimes we get really petty about like, well, I don't want to call them cause they haven't called me and blah, 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 blah. Or, or you're just afraid, you know, like they don't really know me that well. And I think too, like you'll, you'll find your people. Like yeah. you will. Mm-hmm. God's so good at doing it. Like when we are least thinking about it and it can be as simple as once a week, dropping in randomly, popping into somebody's house and no agenda. It doesn't need to be for a particular study or whatever. It's just to be in their presence just to see them and per- and then connection is actually already started. So I think that was a really good practical key for your generation and um, my generation as well to be reminded um, to step out and to uh, connect in that way. Um, okay. So we're going to run, run. I mean, the time starts to fly by so fast when I get into these <laughs> conversations, it's almost already been an hour. Um and I'm going to ask you a super random one, but what's one of your favorite movies and why? Um, the first movie that comes to mind is Troy. Troy? Yeah. <laughs> really? Do tell. Do tell. 
Well, honestly, me and my sisters just have always watched it. And like, can you remind me what that movie's about? Is that the one with Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt, Orlando Bloom, and then I forget the other guy's name. Orlando, hello. Orlando Bloom, but yeah, um, basically, it's about it's this times. Um, it's about the Trojan warriors and how the princess are the queen. I'm trying to think of what the was it Troy? Was it the queen of Troy? I think she was the queen of Troy. Yeah, she was the queen of Troy. How she started a war because she went over and like left her husband for Orlando Bloom's character. And um, I'm trying to think of it. Was her name Athena? I think her name is I Athena. can't remember anything. And Paris? I should know this is like. <laughs> but yeah, so. Uh, I can't. Remember. I think I just like the time that that set in. Huh. Uh, like the Greek like type of like trojan times and things like that and like i feel like when a movie from that time is executed well it's like executed really well Hmm. i don't don't know so yeah and so that's the first movie that comes to mind i feel like the actors were great the whole plot the story it was kind of long but it was really good um yeah do i have another favorite movie i think that's that's good so anyone that's that's wanting to date on (laughs) trees you should put a put a little package together with the movie troy in it i'm just i'm just just setting you up I'm just setting you up because I'm just giving people, you know, thoughtful gift ideas, <laughs> ideas, and, yeah. and thoughtful things that they can do. You know, I think it's to. <laughs> Listen, they might want to get you like a collectible poster. <laughs> oh, okay. I, don't have, I don't have a DVD player. Um, they, there's so many things, gentlemen, that you could incorporate. <laughs> I'm helping y'all out. Uh, what are some of the, what are some things that you like to do for fun in your spare time? Um, spare time. I like doing karaoke. Um, mm, that's a thing right now. You're like the second person I've heard say that. Yes, karaoke so fun. Um, I like to hike. I love to hike. I okay. like to go to the beach, um, hang out with friends, go out to eat, shop. Okay. See, these were all great date ideas. Again, I set you up for that. So gentlemen, if you're running out of ideas, like what should I do for a first date with on trees? She literally just gave you like five things that you guys can do. So that's five dates. I've already set you up for success. I've set you up for success for five dates. This is brilliant. So I cannot wait for people to like slide into your DMs. Don't be nasty though, guys. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean. Okay. I may be an auntie, but I know what y'all be doing. Okay. Um, and then I want to know, I said I would, I'd come back to this, but like, what are the things that you feel that, what are you dreaming up for your future? What do you think God is um, placed on your life? And, and then I want you to also take it out bigger um, and what are your, some of your dreams and your hopes for your generation? Mm, well, what do you want to see God do in your generation? So start well, kind of with the micro and then we'll go to the, the macro. So I feel like God is definitely calling me towards the industry. Um, I Which industry? Of, Which one? Acting. Oh, okay. I was like, there's the steel industry. There's the healthcare <laughs> industry. The <laughs> industry, the media, media, and not just acting either, like um, music too. Because I feel like my spoken words have like developed into songs, not like, mm. but like just me writing. It's kind of developed into like songwriting and things like that. Um, so I feel like, yeah, I kind of went back and forth because I felt like that was kind of like a a, a a dream that was selfish because it's just like oh you're a cele- you know celebrity and stuff like that and like I've stepped back and 
thought about it. And like the, the idea of being famous does not appeal to me at all. Like I would, I don't want to be famous and like people knowing my name is not important, but, um, I felt like, so I was like, kind of like going back and forth for like a good three years with it. And, um, I kind of, it just kept like being brought back up in my heart. And then this one time, um, we were at um, young adults group and this lady was praying for me. And she's like, that thing that you keep, that keeps falling off the shelf and it gets, keeps being put back up. That's what God wants you to do. So I was just like, okay, okay. This is, so I feel like God just gave me like more and more revelation of like, this is what he's calling me to mm-hmm. uh, industry wise. And I don't know. I feel like I just sense things in the industry, like moves of God and like what's going on. And um, I feel like a connection to it. So, um, um, movies, things like that. Uh, I think what God wants to do with this generation is cute. Like it's really big. It's I think bigger than what, what people, I feel like he's going to start in the industry and just like begin to open the eyes of people. And I think that's what Mm. he really wants to do is just open our eyes Mm. to our state and condition of like where we are spiritually right now Mm. and how we go um, higher specifically speaking for um, the millennials, like my generation, there's this um, poem and it was like, this poem was like written years ago and I I found it on Twitter and it went viral. And it was like this 14 year old wrote a poem about how this generation is going in a direction Mm. and how it's basically not leading anywhere. It's like this, people will say this generation, um, was the worst generation. It's going to be forgotten. Nothing good came of this generation. But then when you read it backwards, it was like, this generation was great. This generation changed the world. And it was so crazy because like it made sense forward and backwards when you read it. And basically I feel like that's what I, it was. I got to find it. You got to find it. So I I can link that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I will find it. I feel like that's what God wants to do is just turn us around from where we're going. And, uh, and just I don't know give us a new perspective Mm. and like basically change the world because I feel like I don't know I feel like we're just sitting on like gold and we don't even realize it and Mm. come on like we have like something special inside of us Mm. and that God wants to use us to move and like I don't know just bring truth to the world so yeah Ooh, she out here trying to (laughs) preach y'all she out here trying to preach y'all yeah that's truth that's truth. Yeah, I'm here for that. I'm here for that as well. And I just, if you are a millennial and even a Gen Zer, do I say Zer? Zer. Gen Zer. Gen Zer. Yeah. Zer. Uh-huh. And you're listening to this. Um, I want you to be encouraged because I do believe God's got something huge for you and your generation. Uh, we both believe that. You are listening to a podcast of people that both believe in whatever God is calling you to do. Um, it may take some time, but do not lose heart. Um, and also go and find Entrees online. Um, where can people find you, by the way? Um, Twitter at Entrees Nelson, Instagram Entrees Nelson, and oh. Facebook Entrees Nelson. Oh yeah. my goodness, <laughs> you make it so easy. <laughs> yeah, and if you want more advice on just basically how to connect and and learn some more practical tips from her. I would just say reach out um, if you would like to set someone up on a date with her. Please uh, send their picture to my Instagram page first so I can vet them before we bump- <laughs> yes, um, before I send these gentlemen 
on to her. My Instagram is at Together Good Co. That's where you can find all of my media and entertainment endeavors. But yeah, if you have uh, any eligible, yeah, that's the right word, eligible men. And we listen, you don't have to be in California. You can be in Chicago, New York City, Florida, Texas, Oklahoma, Washington, Brazil, London, Canada. I Listen, this is for you. <laughs> And for those that don't know, like I, my dream is to be like the Christian Cupid, like out here, like I'm trying to like, I, I love love so much and I want to see people in godly, beautiful relationships. And some people, I know you've seen horrible relationships, but like that does not have to be your story um, at all. And so, yeah, again, at Antrice Nelson, A-U-N-T-R-I-C-E-N-E-L-S. Oh, and <laughs> um, so the last question I ask everyone um, in these conversations is what are three songs that are on your current playlist uh, right now? Hey, <laughs> tell us, tell us. You know I like that you. good music. Yeah, <laughs> you do. I know. <laughs> One song for some reason that just came back to me after like the summer has like ended is Ballin' by Roddy Rich. I don't know why, it just is like... What? Uh, yeah, I'm going to listen to that after this conversation. <laughs> I was No, it was very popular in the summer. <laughs> it was very popular in the summer. And then, like, I don't know. I think I started listening to Roddy Rich more after The Box came out because that song got really popular. And I was like, oh, that's the same guy. So then, like, yeah, I started listening to some of his stuff. Um, Roddy Rich. Roddy Rich. I think I'm saying his name right. Um, I really don't know. I am an auntie. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what other songs have been in my rotation as of lately. Um, oh, is that the name of the song? Mm. I've kind of just went back to uh, J. Cole's album, Kids on Drugs. And because there's like this thing that pops up and he talks about how um, instead of like medicating, like this generation needs to medicate it, like to meditate, instead meditate. Mm -hmm. And um, there's like this clip that always resurfaces back on Twitter. And every single time I like go back to YouTube and watch the whole clip, because that I feel like that performance was just like a really powerful performance. And um, so that album, Kids on Drugs, has been kind of on a loop and yeah yeah it's a really it's a it's a deep album jickle is a, okay. a deep yes. i want one more i want one more song you can one more song. song right now oh you're on your phone you can't look right now yeah no i can't think um i'm trying to think because i'm like my mind i'm trying i'm trying to go back to the songs that i've like recently download it on my playlist mm-hmm. oh one that's coming to mind and i don't know is hollywood swinging i don't i don't know that wow it's okay. an old song you do know that song you know that song um <laughs> hey 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 what you gotta say 
Yeah. I have no again. And it's so random. It's so random. But yeah, that's one that. What do you I, know about that, child? What do you listen, know about that? Listen. <laughs> so, oh I've also goodness. been listening to some Stevie Wonder, too. So I've been listening to like some old, Always some good. oldies, too. Yes. Always so, good. Yes. Always good. Yeah. So uh, that's a beautiful list. That's Thanks. Also funny. <laughs> Roddy Rich. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I feel like you, you shared, you know, you shared some things from your heart. You gave some, some real good insight, I think too, for me, because I'm always trying to learn more about this particular generation and, and what God has placed on them and what better than to hear from a voice that's actually someone who is in their twenties and loves God, but also hears and yeah, just knows the the pulse of culture. And so um, thank you for taking the time to have this conversation with me. And I think too, like for people that listen to this, that are not millennials, whether you're younger or older, I think they're going to learn so much um, about your generation. And also I think the culture that we're in right now and and what we're all kind of hungering for, which is real connection. connection. So I'm glad we got to connect with you though. Yes. I'm glad also, thank you for (laughs) asking me to do this. (laughs) You're welcome. You know what, you know what ends up happening? is the fact that we start to feel like when we have these conversations, people feel more connected to you. Like they just feel connected to you because now you've shared something. It's kind of like the whole thing of when we see somebody on TV, you know, for years or whatever, and you feel like, you know, them. And so when you see them in person, you're just like, Hey, and then, (laughs) but there's that connection that's been, that's been made. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I feel like we're just doing our little part here on our little piece of dirt and helping people to connect sharing these conversations with people so thank you again i love you love you too i mean isn't she so much fun so i dare you to go to my togethergoodco.com website and then just look under meet the team and just look at like what she put for her like fun facts uh that i put up on the website for her it's really telling of who she is, but also her great sense of humor. Um, and that's, I think, one of the reasons why she and I get along so well, besides loving God and loving to pray and, yeah, just a heart for Hollywood and seeing God really touch people's hearts in Hollywood. And so, yeah, uh, give that a little look. But I hope that you enjoyed this conversation. And, uh, you know, she's a child of the 90s. Um, I'm still not quite sure if I call her a Gen X or Z or Y or a millennial learner. <laughs> I'm still not quite sure. But she is the youth. She is considered for me a youth. And like I said earlier in the beginning of this um, podcast, I love hearing from voices, um, especially younger voices in culture that love God and just seeing their perspective on things, which is I have something to learn as well. Um, it's not just the older generation teaching the younger generation, but they have some things to really share as well that I think are profound. So um, if you want to reach out to Entrees, you know, you can find her on Instagram. She mentioned that in the conversation and you can always find me at Together Good Co on Instagram. That's my main jam. Until the next time, be blessed. Know that you are loved and we'll do this again next time. All right, bye. You showed me love